Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, this is William Hemphill, Pastoral Counselor, welcoming you to today's Faith and Family Matters podcast. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about the subject, When Fear and Anxiety Traumatize Us. When Fear and Anxiety Traumatize Us. And I will admit, in the midst of this, there will be a lot of conversation conversations about fear, about anxiety, about what we're dealing with in this world, and even some discussion about race in America. But I want to start first with a moment of silence for the 100,000 plus people who have died of this virus in the United States and the untold number all across the world. And at the same time, I want a moment of silence in remembrance of Mr. George Floyd, Brianna Cooper, and Ahmad Aubrey. Lord, I ask that your grace be with all of those who are grieving during this time and season, those 100,000 plus folks here, many untold around the world, many who are unable to even go to funerals to grieve during this time and season, may you heal their hearts, hurts, and pain. For those who have died in this country of racial violence recently. We just ask that you heal the hearts of those who are in pain and that the perpetrators are indeed brought to justice so that people can begin to feel that we might have some sense of a fair justice system. And then in the midst of it, Lord, I ask that your grace be with us as we try to be healers in this country and across the world, using our gifts, talents, and abilities. To your name we pray, O Lord. Amen. So, I didn't plan on starting with a prayer, but I do think it's necessary. And so I want to talk about What happens when anxiety and fear overtake and traumatize us? And I will start with, for lack of a better term, I'll call it a personal story, but it's one that gives me a little bit of embarrassment, but it shows a little bit about our humanity. So 
Recently, probably when COVID was just starting to hit our country, uh, we had a situation where, you know, my wife had driven my truck somewhere and come back home. Now, when she came back, she parked the truck backwards in the driveway as she normally does. She parked the truck backwards and left the bin open in the truck. So what happened, I went to go somewhere. I decided I would drive the truck because I wanted to drive the truck. I didn't pay attention to the bin was open. And so I got in the truck, drove up the hill, and something dropped out. I heard this big loud crash, and I didn't know what it was. So I stopped, put the truck in gear, turned it off, went down, and I saw the items that were dropped. And so I went to go pick these items up. I went to go pick them up when I looked up all of a sudden and my truck was rolling down the hill heading toward me. So obviously I got out the way because I couldn't stop a truck. And my truck ended up stopping by smashing into my garage. Unfortunately, the next thing that happened was I lost it. I lost it. I got mad. I yelled. I said a few words that a preacher, a good Christian, shouldn't say. I had my phone in my hand, which was not a good thing at the time because I lost my temper. So I threw my phone, which ended up costing me some more money also. In other words... My fear and anxiety that went on in that moment, fear, of course, I could have been killed or hurt, anxiety of the voices and condemnation that was going on caused me to temporarily lose my sanity. I start with that because in our country, we are living in a time of fear and anxiety. We are fearful because we are in a pandemic that has now taken over 100,000 lives in the United States. We are fearful or anxious because of the economic toll it has taken on many of us. Some have had businesses completely wiped out during this time. Some have lost their jobs, life savings, and everything. People who never expected to go to food banks are now standing in line, relying on them to try to get food for their families. People who are used to having their children at school are now trying to juggle work and parenting. And the crazy thing is, at times, neither the children nor their job are sympathetic to those challenges. Let's break it down even further. People are experiencing domestic violence due to the extra stress of being at home and surrounded with each other. People who were planning on getting divorced are now stuck at home with each other, and it's not always a good situation. People are dying alone in the ICU because loved ones are not allowed to get in, come in as people get sicker and sicker. We are in a time where we're having virtual funerals on Zoom, which compounds our grief at times. It allows us to grieve, but it also compounds it because we are unable to touch our loved ones 
one more time. We're dealing with also all of these sorts of things and we don't know what to do. We're anxious, we're hurt, we're worried. These things are wounding our souls and either causing or rehashing old trauma. And when we get anxious and fearful, if we're not careful, we have the tendency to do, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll just say stupid stuff. Stuff that isn't good because we're controlled by our fears instead of our faith. Now back to my story. In my case, my accident wrecked both my truck and my garage. First of all, as I'm away from it, it's easier to say I'm grateful that it didn't wreck me because it could have wrecked me. But this situation happened when the money in my house was low. It happened and I was worried because I didn't know how I was going to fix the truck or the garage or how. I was too busy trying to make sure we could eat and pay the bills. And so my, my fear and anxiety showed up in the form of a temper tantrum. A temper tantrum that cost more money when the phone broke after what I now call my excellent toss. My temper got the best of me because my fear ran wild inside of me. When anxiety and fear runs amok inside of us, we can do crazy things. We are seeing the evidence of this in our country. Armed protests in Michigan on the government when the governor is trying to keep us safe. Some people think that's okay, but I imagine a whole lot of people get fearful when you see armed militias. People are mad because they feel like their right to work is being infringed upon. Behind that, I would dare say, is a fear or anxiety. Will I be able to eat? Am I going to lose stuff? Will I fail as a provider for my family if you don't allow me to go back to work? There's fear behind a lot of this action. We have anxiety about masks. People are getting into arguments and fights because some are wearing masks and some won't. We can't respect each other because of the fear that's going on. Some are fearful, like, why are you exposing me or potentially exposing me to something that could kill me? Am I safe? Why are you threatening me, my safety? Fear and anxiety causing people to act irrationally because of trauma. This one might be a little more controversial, but I'll ask you to follow me a little bit. We've had several publicized racial killings lately. Ahmaud Aubrey was hunted down in Georgia. Now three men are charged with his murder. The only crime he did, which wasn't a crime, by the way, is he jogged in to take a look at a house under construction. We're, even as I record this, we're dealing with the effects of a young man, George Floyd, who was choked to death by police in Minnesota. People are protesting. People are doing all sorts of things right now.
and then Breonna Taylor, who was killed when officers entered her house looking for a suspect, came in, I think, no not warrant, so they just came in the house, and she was killed. These killings look racially motivated. Okay, I'm going to give you my opinion. I think race is involved. I won't be politically correct on that one. I think race actually is involved in that perception, and I will talk a little bit more about that at the end of this podcast. But right now, I want to add something else to that picture. When people get anxious and fearful, they can easily revert to their worser natures. When people get anxious and and fearful, we can easily revert to our worser natures. Back to my story for an example. When When the truck was wrecked, my anxious self said that was stupid. What you allowed was wrong. How could you be so dumb to make that mistake? How are you going to pay for that? You just took money for your, from your family because you weren't thinking right. All of those voices that were critical that I heard as a little boy came back in my head and flashed over and over. They were so strong that I went off in anger. The traumas that I experienced where I was criticized for mistakes over and over again by people in authority started condemning me. Looking back at this, when anxiety and fear occurs, many times the voices in our heads begin to act. So when a person who's been exposed to racial prejudice and has racial judgments, when their voices go off in their head in a time of anxiety, they may start hearing things like black people are criminals. They're unworthy and dangerous. They must be kept in line. What happens when those voices that were taught say that that they are taking stuff away from us? Because remember, in a time of anxiety, people often feel like there's lack going on. Add the anxious environment to the voices that are in the heads of these people. And it's very likely that folk will start acting crazy. And so one of the things that I think we're seeing, and I hope we don't continue to see, but I'll be honest, I'm a little worried about it, is an uptick in racial violence magnified by the fear and anxiety going on. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but I feel like it's important to say. Luke chapter 1 tells us that strange things will happen to the sun, moon, and stars. The nations on earth will be afraid of the roaring sea and tides, and they won't know what to do. People will be so frightened that they will faint because of what is happening to the world. I want to stop right there.
In other words, we're talking about that the hearts of human beings will begin to fail us because of the fear. And if we aren't careful, that could be one of the things that is happening to us right now. So another way of saying it then is that in an anxious country and an anxious world when we are facing times of uncertainty, if we don't do something different, we can easily revert to our worser selves. What do we do? Well, in my situation, while I was frustrated, while the voices had come back in my head, while my anger was going off, my wife began to pray for me. It's always good to have somebody in your corner, by the way, that can help bring some sense to you. Everybody needs that. So my wife began to pray. She knew I was upset and kind of just gave me some space. She's been married to me long enough, and she knows when to do that. So in the midst of all that, I'm sure she started praying. And at some point, I had to do some praying and some exercising and eventually found some level of calm. Here's the thing. Once I found a sense of calmness, then I could begin to think straight and start to figure out how I could work on the problem. But I had to calm the anxiety down. So one of the things I think is necessary for us is to have some strategies to calm ourselves down when we're anxious and when we're fearful. Because we are presently in a world that is anxious and fearful, and it's going to challenge us. So I'm going to give some brief steps, and then I'll probably add a little more commentary at the end. So what can we do when we're anxious and fearful? When our anxiety is stirred up and it's causing us to be sad, to be angry, to potentially make crazy decisions, to do things we shouldn't do. Number one, I'd say find a place to express that anxiety or fear constructively. Find a place to express that anxiety and fear constructively. In my case, I eventually went to my boxing bag and I did a lot of combinations, sparring, and push-ups. Why was that necessary? For me, it allowed me to release the excess energy in an appropriate place. So having a plan to release that excess energy is important. If you can exercise, that's one of the reasons exercise is an important thing, period, because it allows us to release excess energy constructively while also helping us to take care of our bodies. So that's the first thing. Find a place to express that in excess energy constructively or anxiety constructively. Number two, Find a way to center ourselves via prayer. I eventually had to pray. First, it started off with a very simple and power prayer. Lord, help. 
It might be Lord help because you can't deal with anything else right now. But even in Lord help, we know that God hears, hears our prayers. Lord help, I can't deal with this right now. Lord help me before I do something stupid. Lord intervene on my behalf quickly because if I'm on my own, I may not do something well. So find a way to begin to center ourselves via prayer by asking for God's intervention in our lives and in the situation. Number three, I'd say this, back away. Back away. When you're dealing with anxiety and frustration and fear, and especially if it's triggering your trauma, you might need to back away for a few minutes just to keep you and some others safe. Now, this is pure speculation, but I wonder what would have happened if three men in Georgia, when they saw a man running into a house that was under construction, instead of calling themselves being a faux pas police force, would have called 911 and listened to them and let the police actually handle it. Thinking back to the Trayvon Martin case, I wonder if George Zimmerman would have listened to the 911 operator instead of pretending to be a policeman. What would have happened? Two young men would still be alive today. Two young men would still be alive. But unfortunately, when we get into our fears and our prejudices, Bad things happen. If we allow our worser selves to win, the flesh, as we might call it, we sin against ourselves, we sin against one another, and we sin against God. Number four, when we're dealing with fear and anxiety, after we've released excess energy, after we've centered ourselves, after we've backed away, or after we do all these things, Instead of trying to destroy, let us look at how we can serve and help. One of the things I'm mindful of during this time, even in the midst of anxiety, even in the midst of hurt, even in the midst of health challenges, even in the midst of financial challenges, even in the midst of stresses in the home, there is something I believe all of us can do to serve and help every day that can bless someone. And why is this so important? Because when we serve, it takes us out of ourselves. It's one of the reasons, I'll be honest, that I do this podcast. It takes me out of myself and hopefully allows me to share some things that bless other people. When we serve, we demonstrate love toward others. And in this world, we definitely need more love. Love in our homes, love in our marriages, love in our families, love on our jobs. Love in our society, love in our country, and love throughout the world. True love that is demonstrated when we love God, love our neighbors, and love ourselves. 
Notice I said all three, because we can't really love God without loving our neighbors. And we have to be able to love ourselves. Some of you may ask the question, who is my neighbor during this time? Interesting, because I believe Jesus said something about that, because it was the same question that a teacher of the law asked him. Jesus responded with a story that is known as the parable, parable of the Good Samaritan. In summary, Jesus said that a man was on his way to Jericho when he was robbed, stripped, beaten, and left for dead on the side of the road. A priest and a Levite, two religious people, teachers of the faith who taught about God, passed this man <clears throat> on the road. A Samaritan, someone who is not supposed to know about God. Someone who was viewed in that society as a dog or unworthy because of his ethnic makeup and his religious un upbringing. Someone who is not supposed to understand compassion and anything like that because of his identity. Saw the man, took pity on the man, bandaged him up, took him to an inn and made sure that he was cared for. Jesus then asked the question to the teacher of the law. Who was that man's neighbor? The law teacher responded, the one who had mercy on the man that was on the side of the road. Jesus then said, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. In other words, we show love and mercy to our human beings, especially those that we may have some prejudice and issues with because that is where love is actually shown. Love calls us to our higher selves. Love calls us closer to God and calls us to love humanity. When we demonstrate loving actions, or in other words, when we show love by loving actions, then we actually reduce our fear and our anxiety and show love for one another. As I'm close for today, I'm not sure what we do about race and racial trauma. I do believe that it's heightened in this time of fear and anxiety. But I also challenge us in that we have to do better. I'm also going to say this understanding that some people may not like it. My brothers and sisters of Anglo descent, it starts with you because you have the power to change this. You may say, why or what do you mean by that? Unfortunately, you're the ones with the power to call the police and potentially have people of color shot as could have easily happened in Central Park with Christian Cooper. But you are also the ones with the power to challenge your family members and friends when they decide that people of color are criminals just because of their skin tone without taking a look at the character of the person. 
You are the ones who can challenge your family or friends when they give their microaggressions or start to say insulting things about people of color, assuming that we're all alike. Does a man deserve to die because he was jogging and looked into a house that was under construction? No. People do that all the time. Did a woman, Breonna Taylor, deserve to die just for being at home? No. Did a man, George Floyd, deserve to die? I don't know. Some reports said that maybe he passed a $20 bill. The answer is no. Those should not be death sentences. But when racial prejudice and hatred and anxiety play into these factors, these things happen unless we begin to view each other differently. In closing, I'm going to talk about something that I saw this week that in some ways scares me more then the reports about Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Christian Cooper and others. I saw this video the other day, and it was with a teenage boy of Anglo descent. I don't remember his name, but apparently he's the grandson of a congressman somewhere in the United States. This young man was on TikTok making videos. And in these videos, he was loading a gun and shooting boxes and making racial epitaphs. These boxes that he was shooting at were supposed to represent black people. And he felt like the way to get black people in their place was by, by doing violence. And so he was already practicing. Remember, this is a teenage boy. He is still in high school. In other words, the poison of hatred has already invaded his system. As a teenager, Who will this young boy grow up to be if someone does not intervene? Will he be the next officer that shoots an unarmed black man? Will he be the next officer wannabe that decides to kill someone because they violate his ideas of where they should be? Here's the thing. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastoral counselor. I'm a family man. I'm also black, African-American. I cannot stop that thinking. However, those of you who live with this young man, those of you of Anglo descent that walk with this boy every day, you have the power to influence him. And the question is, what will you do 
with it? What will you do with it? What will you do? Because I dare say God is holding you accountable for that decision. This is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, thanking you for listening to today's podcast. Hopefully we have something on here that blesses you and challenges you during this time. I know I am challenged to be a better person and to try to do things to bring healing to all of us, ourselves, our families, our country. Take care and have a good week. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to ffeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 